This episode is sponsored by Bombas, the sock company with the mission to be better. Because when you buy a pair, they give a pair to someone in need. Listen later for a code that will get you 20% off your first purchase. A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Um, hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley. And we're so excited to celebrate Valentine's Day mm-hmm. with a special episode hmm. looking back at Taylor's old old flames, I guess. Yes. Ones that have burned down. <laughs> Never yes, to be resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> she took the matches. It's out. The light yep. is diminished. But um, no, we're excited because as you can tell from the title alone, we're taking a break from Lover and looking at Dear John, which is sort of a song that has come back into people's minds um, for various reasons. Hmm. It'll be a fun one to explore because we've done, I think we did a throwback for like Out of the Woods and mm-hmm. the Harry Styles and All Too Well with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's been a while. If we did, yeah, I don't know if we've ever done any other ones, but maybe we did Love Story. I think we might have done Love Story. Something like that. I yeah. do think that like it. <laughs> Every now and then, you know, just to spice it up, it'll be so good to just kind of go back to, you know, back in the day, little flashbacks on a Friday or something like that. Yeah. Monday. I don't know. Memory. Monday memories. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's good. I mean, we're like season two. This is episode 28. We've been doing this a while and it's like, it's fun to see what Taylor was doing, you know. I don't know. Yeah. How old is she now? Like almost 10 years ago, I 10 guess. 10 years ago. Because, yeah, tw- uh, 2010 is, you know, we'll get into it. But yeah. this, what, this is who <laughs> she was dating 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but before we unpack all that, there is some yes. current Taylor Swift news that we must Tell catch me. you all up on. Taste explain it to me. Yes. <laughs> Well, one of the exciting headlines I saw was that Forbes recently announced that Taylor Swift has sold more singles in the U.S. in the past decade than any other musician by a long stretch. So basically, this isn't counting like full album sales or streaming numbers. It's just how many like individual tracks she sold on things like iTunes. And it came Hmm. out to 75, 893 million individual tracks in 10 years. I wonder how much of that she pockets, like the money-wise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, she's comfortable. Let's say that much. Oh, yeah. Oh. But the second highest was Eminem, and he he only had, I mean, only. He had just over only. 63 million singles sold. So That's so she interesting. She is far above. Yeah. Because like Adele or Beyonce, I'm not trying to pit women against women, Ed <laughs> Sheeran, you know, those are like yeah. some really rising names in the past 10 years. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting. I mean, I'm not shocked. Yeah. I mean, she's been churning out those decades and those singles. And of course, she did the whole thing where she wasn't on streaming services for a couple years. Um, and she has crazy fans who will buy every version of her same songs Seriously. over and over. <laughs> Guilty as charged. So. And then when she re-releases it, I, I know it's yeah. not in a decade, but I'd like to see the numbers for that. Yeah. 
you're yes. gonna buy every individual track just i mean <laughs> i have a subscription to apple music so yeah no and yes <laughs> um, i feel like five it's bucks okay. seven yeah. bucks a month unlimited yeah, no, I, I think that's i think that's what's crazy is a lot of forbes was talking about how no one is buying music anymore because it's available mm-hmm. to stream. So it's crazy mm-hmm. that she was able to sustain this huge number through 10 years when like five years ago, it just became all about streaming on Spotify and streaming on Apple Music. So I mean, I do, I will say I just recently this past year got Apple Music. I, before yeah. this past year, I was buying, you know, dollar here, dollar there, dollar there, dollar twenty nine. So I was <laughs> one of those, you know, Guilty people who are just yeah. like throwing my money away at Taylor. <laughs> it's not throwing it away. It's investing in a millionaire's mm-hmm. lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> she thanks you for your service. Oh. She's the man. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All quiet on the man front, except. I mean, kind of. Yes, it's been quiet. There. It's yeah. been quiet, except for the rumblings, you know, among the fandom i think it was Mm. monday so about a week ago all of a sudden her tumblr just disappeared just like that's right you couldn't find it someone went to her blog it wasn't there wasn't there so people started freaking out and they were like where's taylor is something coming because as we all know she blacked out her instagram account when you know when it was the rep era so people are like what's happening what's happening and then it popped back up people are like oh it's just a glitch and then Halsey on her story, I think the next day or maybe even that day of, I'm not sure, on her story, she shared a screenshot of Taylor Swift's poem, Why She Disappeared. And Mm. that got lots of people talking. I don't know if Halsey was being just kind of like, oh, this is haha. Because, you know, Halsey's Tumblr. (laughs) Halsey definitely... You know, that's where she kind of got her, uh, like, some of her boost was on Tumblr. So was she on Tumblr and she saw this and thought it would be funny to share it on her story? I don't know. But then Kesha added um, two songs to her Who Run the World Apple playlist, The Man and You Need to Calm Down. So there's a lot of, like, theories. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I'm hopping right on there just, you know, paying attention that they're wondering if the Man music video is going to drop or if a new like a remix will Halsey and Kesha and or either mm. one be in the music video or the the remix. Interesting. Yeah, what? I mean, I guess it would be weird to have a remix because she released the lyric video already. Exactly. But I so would actually music video. I'd like a remix now that I think of it with one of those mm. female mm-hmm. on it. But yeah, I can see them being in the music video. Maybe it'll be like like a bad blood woke edition you know like where Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like this was maybe a little bit too much and now we're gonna talk about how we're boss we're boss women going after the real big the real problem here the man yeah and and we know kesha and halsey both have had sexual assault um you know instances in their life unfortunately and that one lyric just kind of rang true like like when everyone believes you what's that like and you know and people right. kind of like and you know kesha's having that problem with um uh, yeah. you know the you know, dr. Luke. dr dr luke or having all of this like instances so it's kind of like it would be it'd be fitting and in, in their situation and we mm-hmm. all know halsey is halsey is getting in there really tight with taylor right now <laughs> so who knows maybe they maybe this yeah. is 
one reason why they're so close is because they're working on this together. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than just her and the music video. I mean, it seems yeah. like the lyric video implies that it's not her story per se. It's about Ex- yeah. the female Women in general. Yeah. So who, okay. So who would you want if we had a female <clears throat> empowerment, not bad blood pitting people against people, but like, would you want Lizzo? Like what would be your ideal cast for a man music video <laughs> yes. featuring people who it's just endless i mean i would love any and all i i'm trying to think of like realistically who she like knows and interacts with like maybe everyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> well like i have a big girl crush on florence pew right now but it's like i don't think they know each other yeah but yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. someone more like um emilia clark or Mm -hmm. just people she started to have like connections to i know she had a moment with elizabeth moss but elizabeth moss is pretty busy i don't know if she's engaged with lizzo in any way i guess jamila jamil might make an appearance (laughs) yeah yeah and then i'm thinking selena gomez uh i don't know you know maybe i'm thinking of her pins on her jacket kind of easter eggs there um i don't know is it gonna be People her Maybe her age, older kids. people, yeah, yeah, like younger people are making their yeah. voice known. Older people, yeah. Maybe it'll be generation. more like, yeah. Maybe it'll be like the mean music video where it's all these different kids and people singing along to the lyrics mm-hmm. and having like a boss moment where the you know the girls the girls grow up and stick it to the man and yeah. I don't know. I I mean maybe we won't ever get a music video. <laughs> I think so. I would, I would like Lizzo to be in the music video. Of course, yeah. I would die for that. Lizzo, like you said, Amelia Clark. Um, she loves Robin. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm excited. I I, I hope yeah. something's going on. She's wearing <laughs> definitely a bunch of um, suit inspired yeah. outfits. She was just at the NM. Is it NME? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't she sure. was at the NME yeah. Awards, which yes. And she made sure to post a photo where she's standing in a corner of this like ribbon of mm. NME on repeat. And it happened to frame it exactly to be M-E-N. So some people men. took that as an Easter egg nod to the man. And with, and she, and, and the enemy, I, I, I keep on, feel, I feel like right now I'm, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, <laughs> I feel like I am in Finding Nemo when they're trying, when yeah. she's trying to say the, yeah, I'm like, oh, enemy, enemy, enemy. Um, but what was I? Sorry, you guys. I'm off track. We were talking about the NME award, the the yes. um the award with the middle finger up with the yes. men in back behind her in that suit. It was great, but yeah, I was quite. I, I was kind of. I didn't notice until people started pointing it out, and I kind of rolled my eyes at people were doing this, but they were like kind of making fun of her legs because of the. The, it didn't match her <laughs> shoulders <chance>. yeah <laughs> and i was like oh, okay people like whatever it's kind of funny it's kind of it, funny it's it kind of funny but i did just like us <laughs> oh yeah that's the addition i just didn't like i didn't even notice and i was like okay right. oh. did you like her yeah. outfit though um it was not my favorite it was kind of weird it was like a suit top with shorts and then a little chanel bag I, mm-hmm. it was she looked good oh it just yeah. wasn't my favorite look it kind of reminded me of when she was on, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, that the yeah. gold outfit, it reminded me of that yes. a lot. I was like, I feel like we've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a yeah. two-tone pattern, like, suit jacket 
romper thing. Um, mm. No, she was having a good time. There's a ton of videos of her. She Freaking. was there with Joe. Aww. She was there snuggling up, being very happy. Um, yeah, so was. it was it was fun to see her there. You know, she didn't show up to the Grammys, but she <laughs> she went to showed the up there. Awards. And I and I yeah. loved how she went up and she walked up with her drink. And there's that like gif of her kind of like drinking and looking to the camera but she also said one thing when i was watching her speech and i was like oh that's that's right there she was just saying that i want to say when she you know she got best solo act in the world award she's like i want to say thank you so much to anyone who writes about music who blogs about music who tweets about music who cares about music and then she goes on to say but most of all i want to say thank you to the fans because they are the only reason i get to do this and i was kind of like hey we're kind of in that list or we're fans, <laughs> but we podcast about music, so we, yeah. we talk about music. Yeah, what's there, this podcast right? erasure? She needs to shout mm-hmm. us out more often. Yeah, maybe like, she doesn't on, know that. Yeah, we exist. <laughs> yeah, Mama Swift knows we exist. Does she? You're right. Forget about it. She might have. She's like that girl oh, in the snake costume. Say. She needs. <laughs> she needs help. She needs help. Restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blacklisted somewhere. I know, oh, for sure. But for sure. no, I mean, um, it was a fun week. I mean, Taylor is present. She's been on Tumblr a few different times, liking stuff. So clearly, things are in the work. But before we get to a man, the man music video mm-hmm. or some new controversy, we get to talk about Dear John. Dear John, I can't sing it. <laughs> yes, no, please. In my head, it sounds it. better. <laughs> it sounds better. I can't carry a tune. No, I mean, um, let me check. Yeah, so I think this was. I texted you this week saying, "Should we do a Dear John episode?" Yeah, and did. it basically happened because I saw a you know a quote unquote local on Twitter who was like. Dear John is actually good and we owe Taylor Swift an apology. And I was like, I felt that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on top of that, um, Jessica Simpson, for oh, the love. children out there. <laughs> love this. <laughs> no. <laughs> she came out with a memoir um, detailing her life and a uh, lot of uh, just her growth. And she's had a lot of high profile relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, she's famous for being married to Nick Lachey, having a having a uh, reality show where she didn't know that tuna was a fish and not actually chicken. Chicken is It's the all sea. iconic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but on. she also famously dated um, John Mayer for a stint. And he mm-hmm. made some very gross comments about her in a Playboy magazine article once. So yeah, there had been rumors about this weird relationship, but she finally gave her side of the story. And it was enough that it reminded me a lot of Dear John. So I thought, what a perfect way to celebrate Valentine's Day with you, Ashley, is to record this episode. (laughs) (laughs) About John. Yes. We don't know if it's about about John. We don't know that. You're right. Taylor has said. Nod, nod. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And technically, we're recording this on Galentine's Day. So really, oh, this perfect. is a, yeah, it's a female empowerment anthem. Like, you don't need no toxic men in your life. Like, let's yeah. revisit the most toxic man Taylor Swift encountered. We need to get rid of this to- toxic masculinity and just yeah. wash down the drain and look how yes. far Taylor has come by looking back exactly. at, at that one relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we had asked our 
listeners on Twitter what they thought of Dear John. People love this song. I mean, it's been always sort of a fan favorite up there with All Too Well. It's sort of this, it's a track five before we knew that was a thing. It's very emotional, very raw. And it tells a very vivid story of this relationship. It's also the longest song Taylor has ever written. It's six minutes and 45 seconds long. I didn't realize. So it's a doozy. Oh, yeah. This is a epic. This is like, this is a huge song. This is by far the longest. And um, it was released on her album Speak Now, which came out in 2010. And people obviously immediately assumed John, Dear John, John Mayer, they were they were sort of working together, flirting in late 2009. And there were rumors of them dating in like the early, early, like January, February of 2010. And so that is where, that's all the information Taylor has confirmed about this song. She said on her official website, she went through Speak Now track by track. And she said of Dear John, that this is sort of like the email you would send to someone that you used to be in a relationship with where you want to say everything that you want to say and vent everything, but you usually don't end up sending it. And then she said, classic Taylor, I guess by putting this song on the album, I am pushing send. Do you know what's funny is yeah. I was reading all of these Jessica Simpson you know, articles oh, about yeah. John Mayer, and he broke up with her about nine times. Oh, yeah. And they were all in emails. So it's kind of funny that like she yes. kind of like back then she kind of like, you know, yeah. put it into the whole like it's kind of like that last email you would ever send. Yes. But she didn't send it. So that yeah. like what's what's more. So she ghosted. It sounds like she ghosted John before ghosting was a thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, what's worse? Being broken up in an email or ghosted? Um, well, um, being ghosted is definitely the worst. But yeah. the thing about John Mayer and Taylor's sister relationship was we don't really know like what it was like i think a lot of swifties are quick to jump to this was a abusive relationship mm-hmm. but it's like they were there's not a lot of proof that they were like quote unquote boyfriend girlfriend or what exactly they were it was, seemed sort of like a nebulous sort of tryst well but, can i tell you what i thought it was oh yeah and tell this me. is like i was gonna ask this is about like and right now i'm kind of like oh like whoever whatever whoever cares now but back then you know, Taylor never went through that bad boy, bad girl fa- phrase, you know, where she, where right. that, that instance where uh, like Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears or some other people who are like, right. they, they had that sexualized moment where it's like, we have to get this. Yeah. How do we get this star going from a, a like pop music, like, like candy child, star. child yeah. star into like a woman? And part of me was just like, it just didn't make sense that the two of them would get together. She like they were just two different genres, two different looks. The age difference was, you know, was there it was like that 12, 13 year age difference. And part of me was like, is this publicity? Like, oh, is interesting. It, is, yeah. Like, is it something to kind of make her make Taylor view a little more grown up, a little more desirable, mm-hmm. a little bit more? And I don't know. Like, it, it's that's what I thought in like 2010 right. when I heard that they had dated and the song and everything came out. Well, know. yeah, because for our for our youngins like in 2010 we were both in college so it's like (laughs) we had maybe a more critical eye of this -hmm. relationship than people who were just feeling the rawness of what she was singing I don't remember a lot of thinking about Taylor Swift's like I don't remember like knowing about John Mayer and Taylor Swift being a thing Mm -hmm. and I was trying for the life of me to like remember how I felt about this song when it first came out like I 
Like, I just don't, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember my first reaction or thinking about how juicy or gossipy it was. Do you, like, remember that? Um, I remember, one reason why I remember it so much is because the title, Dear John, not only John yes. Mayer, but, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of friends who sent boyfriends away to college, boyfriends yeah. away on service missions, and yeah. – there's all that that thing, quote unquote, the Dear John letter, like because they've yes. found somebody else. So I I specifically remember the song coming out because of that. Um, and it just, you know, I think I was like twenty something, and oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like what stage I was in my life, but I do remember the song most specifically yeah. just because of Dear John letters, and I was like, oh, and so I looked more into it because of the title. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is she was doing hidden messages during this time, obviously. And the hidden message on Dear John was, loved you from the very first day, which we'll get into their whole relationship. But what's interesting is another song on Speak Now is called Superman, and it features that exact lyric. Um, And this is a song that Swifties hate, absolutely, because it's very (laughs) cheesy. And it's all about this girl who has this crush this idealized crush about this tall dark and beautiful complicated Mm -hmm. irrational man Mm -hmm. who has to go but she like keeps thinking of him and it's like oh you've got a busy day but I'll be right here on the ground when you come back down and so I had never thought about those two songs being connected but it almost feels like the argument could be made that they're two halves of the same they're the bookends of the same story you know where oh absolutely she had this this unrequited at first crush on this guy who she thought was such a dream boat like what a mysterious like guy with his secret life like I don't get it fully but I'll be here when he needs me and then Mm -hmm. you have dear John which is yes and dark Mm -hmm. and handsome and brooding Mm -hmm. and then you have this song which is much more like it's the realization it's like the the rose-colored glasses comes off you're looking back at something and realizing like you didn't see those red flags that you once thought were so charming you know oh I 100% agree with this theory just because like the likelihood of having a secret message like tie and like and a lyric on another song that's just she thinks about what she does I'm I'm there with you 100% Yes, which it makes Superman more interesting to me because Mm -hmm. I honestly write that song off a lot because it feels so childish, but it almost feels intentional now, right? Like it's like, it's such a naive perspective. Mm -hmm. And like she probably went into this relationship with those, that child, or like the the young childish um, optimistic view. And Mm -hmm. then... She saw him as a savior, as this guy who could do no wrong, you know, like or the guy that she that she could she could maybe fix because John had that reputation. Yes. Um, and then she came out of it very like just kind of tainted. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I have I to listen know. to Superman very again. Provocative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to get through. It's very cheery. It's very <laughs> like me. Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. I can't for remember. Me. <laughs> I, I know the song. I can't remember how it goes. Sing he it. had a busy day today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
You got me right there. Yeah. Brings you right back. It does. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so should we break down this timeline of this relationship to figure out what exactly the context was for Dear John? Yes, because I think some of our fans weren't even born this time. <laughs> or Taylor Swift fans weren't even born when yeah. this happened. So I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. John Mayer is obviously a very established musician. And now we think of Taylor Swift as sort of beyond his star power. But at the time, she was just a country starlet. She'd had, obviously, her debut album and then Fearless. But this was right before Speak Now. She was on her Fearless tour. So she was just up and coming. So this was like before the Kanye stuff. Because in March 2009, John Mayer, a 32-year-old man tweets um i'm waking up to this song idea that won't leave my head that means it's good enough to finish it's called half of my heart and i want to sing it with taylor swift and so mm. taylor swift who at this time is a 19 year old girl who is very new to the industry is very excited by this she even in the an interview right after that in the l magazine they said they asked her like who would you love to work with and taylor swift said oh john mayer he twittered the other day twitter her word not mine <laughs> i thought that was a typo <laughs> no that was a direct quote printed in the magazine i don't mm. know if that's what people used to say but he twittered the other day that he wants to that he wrote a song and wants to make a duet with me i freaked out when i heard because i've been such a big fan for such a long time i'm really excited about just the idea that he would even mention me in his twitter so very van girly very like sweet and cute yeah and yeah. um so then you cut to May 2009, where John Mayer is a surprise guest on the Fearless Tour. They sing his song, Your Body is a Wonderland. Hmm. And then in June that year, Half of My Heart is released and Taylor Swift is featured on it. And it's, you know, people like it, I guess. I, I liked know. it. I mean, yeah. it, I don't think she was really, she's more of like the background vocals, right? Yeah. She, yeah. she wasn't, like, yeah. it was more like John Mayer. Taylor Swift in the background. I would have rather more Taylor yeah. Swift than John Mayer, but hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah. No, I was think that was like his a way. big John do you think Mayer he, fan. Do you think he was interested in Taylor? Because like he has this, yeah, he, he's I kind of know. known, he's kind of known for like, <laughs> like recently, like a year or two ago, he was kind of like flirting <clears throat> with Halsey over, mm. you know, online, like, you know, and he, like, I wonder if this is his way of being like, oh, she's a cute girl. I wonder if she'll want to write a song. Yeah, I don't know. Because if you like look at his relationships, it's not like it's not like I get the vibe where he's like into young, young, young Mm -hmm. starlets. So I didn't feel like it was him trying to like flirt with her. It seemed sincere in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, it's sort of weird to look at his his type and then think of Taylor Swift at that so, time. Let's get into uh, his type because I yeah. actually looked at like, all the people he was rumored to be dating and it's like, it's all it's a, list. Like, a yeah. wide variety. Like this is kind of like blank space for him. Like that's who <laughs> she wrote the song about. So Vanessa yeah. Carlton, Jennifer Love mm. Hewitt, which um, rumor has it, he wrote your body is a wonderland about <laughs> Jessica Simpson, of course, Jennifer Aniston, um, yes. who's like eight years old, older than he is and there's rumors that they might be getting back together because they were just no seen i don't yeah. they were just seen together there's uh katie perry no katie perry which kind yes, of fueled some famous. of the rumors uh, minka kelly renee zellweger kim kardashian which was 
a rumor. Mm-hmm. I think. Sorry, never. I heard think. That. I, if you Google it, it, she comes up. But rumor has it her mom started the rumor. So that's, <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. And then no, Rana, yeah, Rana Mitra, Melina Viltra, Cameron Diaz, and Miley Cyrus in 2010. She was two, 18. So like, there's all these people. What? Yeah, like they they were like, I think they went on a few dates. Like they weren't like boyfriend girlfriend, uh-huh. but they were going on a few dates. Um, this is all like rumored rumors for in, for yeah. like Jessica, Jennifer, Jessica, Katie. Um, those are the people. Vin, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Vanessa Carlton. Like, if yeah. you just think of those people, they they're so different. Yeah, like, Taylor Swift kind of just doesn't fit in that though to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and John Mayer, you know, has had this reputation as sort of the player, the bad boy, the romancer, play, the play, Casanova. Play, play, play. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was a well-established thing. This wasn't like Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal where maybe people were like, huh, but okay. This is mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. John Mayer doesn't have the best reputation. Um, mm-hmm. But they are first like rumored to be together in December of 2009 when they performed at the Jingle Ball together. And they were seen getting really cozy and cuddly and touchy afterwards. And that started the rumor mill that lasted through February of 2010 that they were together. There were sightings of them at the same events, a lot of weird headlines from quote unquote sources like watch out, Andrea Swift, your daughter is falling for the wrong guy. And mm. and talk of Taylor Swift staying over at his hotel room some nights. Lots of gossip around them. Not a lot that's, like, verified. And so they kind of just, like, fizzled out. And um, this was actually, like, 2010 was a pretty rough year for John Mayer because at the end of February, he had this outrageous Playboy article like interview done where he talks about it's just like honestly the grossest interview I've ever seen he talks about a lot of his sexual exploits and his relationships and he's he most famously says of Jessica Simpson that oh yeah sexually it was crazy it was like napalm sexual napalm so not necessarily a compliment (laughs) no pretty offensive and people read this and were like WTF John like calm down this is so weird that you're talking about this but then he also i think around that same time too um he gave this really weird interview in rolling stone about um how it's hard for him to find a woman who can really match up with him um like 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 I can't even he would hate to listen to this match up with him uh, on like the smarts level like you know just uh, I can't even think of a word for that because right now it's just like blanking me so him and I would not do good (laughs) together someone who can match his intelligence and then someone who um who could make him pitch a tent for the weekend and you know like the vagina of all vaginas. He, he's talking Ew. about. He wants to find the Joshua tree of vaginas. That is what he says. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. He yeah. Says John that. Mayer has never been my cup of tea. No. And, and then he gets have, away with saying stuff like that, which is doubly frustrating. And then you have like Jessica Simpson, who a part of her in this interview, she says that he made her feel stupid a lot. Like yeah. he just like he. And I can I can definitely see that he wanted he did he didn't care about how, what she said, how she felt. He just wanted to have her body like this is why yeah. kind of like seems like he was just obsessed with 
screwing her. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's come out and said, like, a lot of, like, I... He says he's grown up, more power to him, but at this, like, peak John Mayer F-boy status, Mm -hmm. he was regarded as a douche, but he was still allowed to exist as a douche. It wasn't, like, cancel culture. There was none of that Mm -hmm. around him. And so when October rolls around and Speak Now comes out and this song, everyone writes about it. It's a huge... It's a huge, you know, clickbaity part, but it's also one mm-hmm. of the best songs on the albums. And I think a lot of people recognize that in their reviews. They highlighted mm-hmm. it. But everyone assumed slash knew it was about Dear John. And so Taylor doesn't ever say it is. She, in multiple interviews, says, I don't name names. I would never say blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But Taylor. In, Wink. Yeah. <laughs> but in 2012, John finally speaks out about it. He is prepping for a new album, of course. So he's talking about like how hurt he was that he never got an email, never got a phone call. I was caught off guard and it really humiliated me at a time when I'd already been dressed down. And it's like, how would you feel if at the lowest you've ever been, someone kicked you even lower? And he really (laughs) laid it into her on this interview and then supposedly releases a diss track called Paper Doll, Mm -hmm. which is fine and it's just like it's it's funny because taylor swift gets a lot of flack for making drama or not letting things go or being petty but it's like songs about breakups yeah (laughs) yeah but it's like the people who she writes about she says her piece she releases it in the world sure there are think pieces but she's not the one out there talking about them but mm-hmm. John Mayer, Katy Perry, they come out and they won't stop talking about her. But for some reason, it's like allowed because Taylor took the first hit or something. Mm-mm. I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. there for that. <laughs> because yeah. even after Paper Dolls, it's like he's still he still like talks about it. Like I remember in 2016, he on the December 13th, which oh. is a famous day. <laughs> He yeah, said randomly, he was like, Tuesday, December 13th, maybe the lamest day of the year, conceptually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what were you thinking? And people, he immediately deleted it, which is sort of fishy. And then he complained when people screenshot it and was like, no, come right at me if you think there was absolutely no shade. But then he deleted that sort of like apology thing. And mm-hmm. reposted a screenshot of the original tweet. So it's like, oh my gosh. It's like, what's he doing? He's a grown man who's like still talking about this relationship or, or you know. Yeah. It's like the same thing when this year or this past year, I guess, he was talking to Sean Mendez and talked a little oh, yeah. bit about Taylor Swift Love and Lover. Her. Which yeah. is like, he wasn't being rude, but it's still weird that someone with like, that. Oh. Why do you leave your Christmas lights up till <laughs> January? Everyone does that. That's such a dumb lyric. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot, like, I think, you know, there's this idea that people criticize Taylor for writing the song, but this was like right before people started hating on her for like, you know, causing drama or being like, careful boy, she'll write a song about you. So when this album first came out, people were pretty into the song, but it's interesting to read the reviews and like Mm -hmm. see how they're talking about it because they do paint it as sort of like a immature, childish, like vindictive, petty 
um, like Taste the Country says, she's airing dirty laundry out. And hmm. Slant is like, oh, yeah, it's easy to sympathize with her here. But Dear John eventually comes across as shallow and short-sighted. There isn't much in the way of emotional depth or maturity to this or other songs. And New York Times, who wrote a whole piece on Taylor Swift right before the album, said, for pure star-on-star revenge, Dear John will be tough to beat. It's flagrantly <laughs> provocative and deeply really? uncomfortable. Really? Which they, they were, like, positive about it, but they were like, your tweens won't want to hear this song. Like, it's way too angry and emotional. You know? Like, just those sort of, like, I don't see shady it as comments. Yeah. I think as, like, that a heartbreak, angst, maybe a little angst, but I yeah. don't see it as deeply uncomfortable i know it's like the hollywood reporter was like they liked it but even in the end they were like um the best part is the chills inducing bridge when taylor finally gets past the nastiness it's like it's just this idea of like the language there that it's patronizing in a way where these men reviewing this album immediately assume that she's overreacting emotionally and she's just this scorched earth pop stars revenge like well that's what john mayer like if you read paper um paper dolls he kind of throws shade at her yeah (laughs) overreacting too so it's just kind of like oh my gosh calm down people you need to calm down yes she's she's a nine she's a 19 year old girl going through like like a a heartbreak like what do you Mm -hmm. expect i don't like i i I did. I I do not think that she was overreacting. I just think she was writing how she was feeling, and that's just how it was. I guess it's dark and twisted. Little did yes. I know. <laughs> well, and it's like cool to see it now because as the decade ended, like there was sort of this renaissance about this song. Billboard um, ranked it number eighteen on its hundred greatest deep cuts of the twenty first century, and oh. and was more celebratory of the power behind the song instead of diminishing like the emotion behind it and so there's just this sudden shift where it's like oh wow this is actually like a very smart song that does a great job of presenting this betrayal and this pain and then coming up with this closure and they're just mesmerized that it was written by a 19 year old or a 20 year old I guess but Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting to see that more and more people are like, wait, not that we ever hated Dear John necessarily, but we allowed Dear John and a lot of the Speak Now songs to pay into this idea that, oh, Taylor Swift is a man eater. Oh my gosh, she's going to write a song about you. Like she overreacts. She's so emotional and petty. Like if you get into a relationship with her, you're asking for it. And now people are like, wait, this song is actually a very interesting case study into not only their personal relationship, but into how women have to process that sort of painful type of growth. And if you think of Spink Now, Spink Now is just, you can just see her growing um, from all of these heartbreaks emotionally. And it's interesting because you have like Last Kiss, you have Dear Mm -hmm. John. You can tell that she's young and she's venturing into this. You know, just this love life that is all new to her and like heartbreaks. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. I think they were judged. They were just like judging her on like a a different emotional level than than they were on. 
Like that, like she can't yeah. be thirty years old if you're as like if you're reviewing a nineteen year old work, you have to see it through. Like especially Taylor, she like writes from her experiences and writes mm-hmm. from what she sees and what she what she does. So yeah, no, it's interesting because I think when you get into the lyrics of Dear John, there is an emotional maturity that they just like refuse to see because like they were distracted by the fact that it sounded a little like a John Mayer song or she was so rude to name drop him like that or whatever it was. But at the heart of it, it's actually a very like thought provoking anthem. And so I'm excited to get into it. But first, we've got to talk about our sponsor this week, Bombas Socks. Yeah, we do. Um, yesterday I was running on my treadmill and my feet, like my arches were aching a little and I looked down and I realized I wasn't wearing my Bomba socks. They were all in the wash. They were all dirty and I had grabbed another pair of socks and I just couldn't, I was like, oh my gosh, it makes such a big difference. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. <laughs> I, um, I've been sick for two weeks. I'm finally getting back into the swing of things and nothing gets me more motivated than coming home and realizing if I go to the gym, I get to wear my favorite socks. So working out is hard. It's always hard, but Bomba socks can change that because they can at least make it comfortable. So if you have a New Year's resolution or any attempt to try and stay more active, start by getting socks that can keep up every step of the way. Yeah. And the best part about Bombas is when you buy a pair, you're also giving a pair to someone in need. You know, socks mm-hmm. are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. And Bomba socks are kind of creating like this company that wants to directly change that. They want to impact the community, which is one reason why we wanted to partner with them. Yes. And um, so far, they've given over 20 million pairs and counting. So if you need a pair of socks, if you're trying to get into sports, they have socks for everything from running to hiking to cycling and more. If you want to look cute, feel comfortable, they've got the the nice seamless toe, the comfortable foot hug design, oh, yes. and they're made with all types of different fabrics so you can find your perfect fit. And what's really exciting is even if you just want to, you know, just put on a pair of flats and go to work, they actually have the no-show socks too. So yes. you can wear them on the treadmill, in the office, wherever you go. It's just a full circle lifestyle choice. So mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing makes more sense than getting a pair of Bombas socks. So go to bombas.com slash Swiftish today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Swiftish for 20% off. Bombas.com slash Swiftish. But I mean, this is exciting because we get to break down Dear John. Shelby's so excited for the song. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Okay. I think you're reading, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So starting right off. Long were the nights when my days once revolved around you, counting my footsteps, praying the floor won't fall through again. And this song, first of all, it is, Mm -hmm. it sounds almost just like perfectly like a John Mayer song. (laughs) And you're sort of like, yeah, yeah. You're sort of like wooed into it thinking like, oh, this sounds romantic. Like, this sounds Mm -hmm. fun. But then she's automatically like, looks can be deceiving. I was anxious the whole time. I literally was on my toes hoping that I'd get like a nice version of him and the floor wouldn't fall through. And you know what? I realize now that's not romance. And I think Mm -hmm. she really masters that with this slow entry because she sings it and then she just sort of whispers again like a 
Like mm-hmm. it's a final line. Like it's a breath. Like it's like, oh, like I just, I really hope that this doesn't happen again because she's just tired of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she says, um, and my mother accused me of losing my mind, but I swore I was fine. Um, which you can immediately picture. I don't think anyone in the world approved of this rumored relationship. (laughs) And I imagine least of all Andrea Swift. So I think she immediately puts us there, right? Like it's, it's this tale as old as time. Like Taylor knows how to start that diary entry to put Mm -hmm. us right in the spot. She needs us to be in for the emotional journey. She's about to take us on. And it kind of like, you know, when you're in a relationship when you're younger and your parents are against it, like I'm sure at this point of the relationship, her mom was like, red flags, red flags, like this is not a a healthy relationship. And she goes, it's okay, mom. I just really like him. It's okay. So it's interesting (laughs) to see like the arc of their relationship. Yeah. And again, it's just like, you know, this is an almost seven minute song. It's all about the slow burn. And she's just handing us these little details to center us on her mental space, her emotional state, and just what was going on around her that let her live with this for so long. And so then she says, you paint me a blue sky and go back and turn it to rain. And I lived in your chess game, but you changed the rules every day. Um, wondering which version of you I might get on the phone tonight. Well, I stopped picking up and this is the song to let you know why. And I love this little verse. I think it's so powerful. Um, First of all, just a beautiful image of a beautiful way to show just the anxiety, the insecurity, the, the hot and cold nature of their dalliance, their flirtation, their relationship it's such a great way to show that with just this idea of you paint me a blue sky, you know, you make me feel good. I feel like the sun's shining on me. You're Superman and I'm so stoked to be in your glow. Mm. And then it's like, Oh no, you just turned it to rain. And she mixes metaphors here by adding in this sudden chess game where it's just like, she doesn't know the rules. She doesn't understand this universe he's put her in. She's like, are we playing right now? Like, what is the strategy here? How do I, how do I beat you at this, even though we're not supposed to be playing against each other? No, yeah. And like when I look back at Jessica Simpson's relationship and what yes. she she said about about her relationship with John, there was one moment where they'd gotten back together for like the millionth time. And he was a little bit jealous because Nicholas Shea and Jessica, when they were together, they would write music together. They would produce music together. So he wanted to help produce one of her songs and she gets mm-hmm. she just really nervous and Jessica Simpson gets super nervous too she like mm-hmm. really di- she like tanked her Mickey Mouse Club audition so yeah. she's just like sometimes she gets too too much in her head and they went into the studio her and John and she just kind of froze up because he was putting so much pressure on her mm-hmm. and then lo and behold the next day or the next week whatever he sent her an email being like we're over like yeah. he just I feel like he has all these high expectations of a woman he wants a woman to fill these needs that you know he should be filling himself um so just thinking about how this 32 year old man dropped all these like this game on a 19 year old girl it's just yeah it's baffling yeah and plus like i think it's really interesting how much of Jessica Simpson's experience lines up with this sort of sentiment here Um, because there's this moment in her book where she says, 
He was so clever and treated conversation like a friendly competition that he had to win. And so it's just like you see that here when Taylor's like, what is this chess game I'm stuck in? I don't understand the rules. Like I'm constantly, you know, (laughs) trying to read you and I can't, which again is something Jessica Simpson mentions um, when she says um, he'd walk into a room and pick up his guitar and you'd just swoon. But I didn't really know the man behind the guitar and that was my mission. And mm. so you can just see like as you're reading Jessica Simpson's, you know, toxic relationship, the outlines of that in Taylor Swift's experiences with him too. Yeah. I, between the space and the time between Jessica Simpson and John Mayer, I think it was about five years, and yeah. she kept on playing that game with him, going back, going go back, going back, and then it's just this this nineteen year old girl who's new to this. After a couple months, she's like, "Bye, I don't have time yeah. for this. Like, this is this is enough. Like, see you later." It's just really interesting. Like Taylor yeah. could have been strung along for so long, and she just put a stop to it. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. I know. And it's like, it's a clever way to write this song. Like, yes, you have that framing of the classic Dear John letter where it's this goodbye. And yes, she's sort of explaining that she ghosted him by by realizing, though, that she had been stuck wondering what game they'd be playing, wondering what version of him I would get on the phone. And at some point, she realized enough is enough. See, and that's the thing, too. If she would have picked up the phone... Could he have swayed her to give him another chance? Like, there's also that point that, yeah, like right now we look at ghosting as if it's a bad thing, but sometimes you need to go go to cold turkey. Sometimes you need to pull the plug. Sometimes you just need to stop at all costs. So, like, it's probably like the best thing. You know, this is why she stopped picking up the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, Dear John gets a lot of comparisons to the emotional. Um, all too well because it's a similar long ballad all about this relationship but I think you can immediately tell the difference in the two relationships where Jake Gyllenhaal didn't necessarily treat Taylor great you know you get a lot of glimpses of that with not only all too well but the moment I knew and then you have mm-hmm. this theory of babe and better man and whatever else but there's still sort of a sense of love and compassion maybe to that tragedy whereas this is like yeah, this was just not, we were not on the same page ever. Mm-hmm. He emotionally badgered her the whole time and it was always a game. So there, even on her side, there couldn't have been that same sort of commitment. It was just anxiety. It was just insecurity constantly. And so then she sings in the next, in the chorus, Dear John, I see it all now that you're gone. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress cried the whole way home. I should have known. Brutal. I know. Just like kind of like sticks it in your heart. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, one, it's a beautiful image. It's like, it's very sweeping. It's, you know, country goes pop Taylor. She's sort of bemoaning this, this understanding that this man never had her best interests at heart like it was like wait I was so young she was 19 he was 32 when they first met and she's just like I should have known and I think Mm -hmm. I think that's such a emotionally mature way to look back at something and not feel like bad for yourself but think wow I needed to wake up to this way sooner than I did because there were all these red flags oh and 
all these rumors too like people i think i saw headlines that are like so and so warns taylor don't do it yeah. like there's it's you know the, the reputation precedes him <laughs> yeah and then in the next verse she sort of pontificates on this further when she says well maybe it's me and my blind optimism to blame or maybe it's you and your sick need to give love then take it away which this is a visceral line this is very biting this is very scathing you can see why people write this song off as sort of a a petty clapback because she does manage to pack in these very brutal lines where she's like, yeah, I guess I could take ownership except you were an absolute dick to me. And so I see you now and I'm not going to blame myself for this. I wonder how many times Jessica Simpson had played the song over and over. <laughs> being like, yes, like, yeah, yes, I get it, girl. John, yeah. John. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. So like to me, I'm like, oh, I can totally relate it to this relationship or this relationship. But Jessica was like, girl, I've been there. Mm. <laughs> yes. And it's like, yeah, she's calling him out. But she's calling him out for doing bad things. It's like people are like, oh, wow, this is unfair. Taylor's so mean to John. It's like, well... If John wasn't an emotionally abusive dick, then maybe he wouldn't have gotten a song that eviscerates him completely. <laughs> you are and feeling I think all the feelings like- right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, it's a great line. Like, like, or maybe it's you and your sick need to give love, then take it away. Because even beyond the like John Mayer celebrity of it all, it's like there's always going to be that relationship that's like, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't even matter to you in the way that I thought um, I did. Yeah. Can I tell you that when I saw Speak Now, like, because uh, I, I had listened to the music and everything, but when I saw her in concert for Speak Now, I remember August 6th, I think it was 2012, the boy I was dating, we had just like broken up and he was moving to Texas. And we had a really like a relationship kind of like this. I was always kind of like walking mm-hmm. eggshells. I wasn't sure, da, 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 but I was like madly in love with him. And then I went to her concert that night and it was the worst but best night of my life because <laughs> you had Last Kiss, you had this song, you had all these songs that were like, Taylor, you're making me feel. And I was so much like not so much I was three years older than her and the guy that yeah. I was dating was like three years younger than me Taylor's age so the mm. whole like part of it that like you know I I wasn't younger than him but I was just like oh my gosh Taylor we're like living the same life yes. so it was just crazy like this song just all the feels all of the feels yeah. mm-hmm. it's unfortunately a very relatable sentiment when no coming of <laughs> age decide to date yeah, men. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then she goes on And you'll add my name to your long list of traitors who don't understand. And I look back and regret how I ignored when they said, run as fast as you can. Oh, Mm -mm. so good. Because Mm -mm. like John Mayer was a well-known dick. Like that was, it wasn't like people thought, oh, cute. Like what a cute couple. It was like even the public, even the tabloids were like taylor uh get out of there (laughs) and he was twittering all the time and he just opened his mouth all the time like in all of these interviews it wasn't something that he was hiding so like Mm -hmm. i don't think she walked out of this relationship being like i didn't expect that it's kind of like kind of like jessica jessica wanted to see the man behind the guitar so i'm sure like Mm -hmm. maybe taylor was like there has to be more to him like there has Mm -hmm. to be more trying to but there was nothing yeah 
And I like this, like, the long list of traitors. It's like, he literally has kept her on this list where he talks, he talked about her in 2012 and 2013 Mm. and 2016, where it's like, he's, he's been like, I didn't deserve that. I've been a dick to other girls, but honestly, I don't know what I did to Taylor to warrant this. And it's like, clearly she did some prophesying here where she's like, yeah, you're never going to see the problem because you are the problem. Yeah. It kind of, <laughs> the lyric, like, I got a long list of of ex-lovers and they'll, they'll tell you I'm insane. <laughs> this kind of just, yeah. like, oh, that's John. I'm like, what? John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so then she sings the chorus again. Dear John, I see it all now that you're gone. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress cried the whole way home. And... Mm-hmm. I love that she's just emphasizing this point over again. She's like, I was 19. You're weird. <laughs> but then she says, dear John, I see it all now. It was wrong. Don't you think 19's too young to be played by your dark, twisted games when I loved you so I should have known? And I think this is so powerful because she had been saying a few times now, like, I was too young, like, I was too young. But now she's like, I was 19 mother effing years old. And Mm -hmm. you were playing with me like this, like 32, whether or not he saw it as like a relationship, whether he was just flirting with her, toying with her, playing with her, like she got embroiled in his game Mm -hmm. as a 19 year old to a 32 year old man. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, thank you. No. Yeah. (laughs) And I think she does such a good job of sort of lighting a fire to his little hiney when he she's like don't you think it's a little too young dude like you've had your player moments you've gotten to date jennifer aniston you've gotten to date these women but didn't you think you could have drawn the line at messing with this young ingenue who'd always looked up to you who was stoked Mm -hmm. to perform with you and now i just have to deal with this mess of an emotion you've left me in Mm -mm. so we kind of know how Taylor kind of can take maybe a moment like um what what's that one song she wrote about the the guy from Al City was it Enchanted Al City? yeah yeah she takes in that one moment and kind of just like draws a web around it do mm. you think that their relationship was as dark and dreary as the song or do you think they might have had like a three week like weird like con- like just a she she left it like they were right. playing playing it out and then she just was like oh no this is I don't want to get into this so she like backed out before they can get too deep and then she kind of like saw where it could have gone like if I she would have stayed seems, longer if I were to guess it seems more like like I don't think they had boyfriend girlfriend status it seems more like he was an f boy who mm-hmm. didn't know that she cared as much as she did and mm-hmm. there was a lot of like flirtation a lot of teasing a lot of you know, drawing out this sexual tension or whatever, however far that went. Mm -hmm. But it seems like she's writing from a place of like, why did you toy with me like this? Like, I wanted something more than you ever gave me. And like, why didn't you just let me go? That's kind of how I read the scenario. Yeah. I was just thinking about how shocked he was afterwards. Like, that's why I was Uh like, was it like only like two or three weeks? And he was like, 
well, okay, I guess she's not interested. She's not calling me back. <laughs> and then she just read it totally different. You know, which I, I'm, I'm not sure. saying it's her problem at all because it's John Hammer, yeah, yeah. of course. I'm sure the instant they were like in the recording studio working on Half of My Heart that he was, you know, flirting, that he was being the playboy, that he was... And he's singing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's singing love songs to her. And so I don't necessarily think it was like three weeks of, you know like bachelor in paradise level drama <laughs> i think it was just a drawn out like she was strung along for a long time mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. that's hearsay i don't know <laughs> um but she gets into this bridge that's infamous that's famous that's renowned it's powerful it's it's in the words of lady gaga it's an in, in amazing astounding wonderful you know <laughs> but she sings you are an expert at sorry at keeping lines blurry never impressed by me acing your test all the girls that you've run dry have tired lifeless eyes because you've burned them out Mm -hmm. but i took your matches before fire Mm -hmm. could catch me so don't look now i'm shining like fireworks over your sad empty town you little mother effer Whoa, gotta bleep that. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> but she had, you know, she was still that country starlet. She had to take the cuss words out. <laughs> she had to take it out. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted it there. It just didn't flow. Um, but no, I think this bridge deserves a lot of praise. And whether or not it was something she was able to write beyond the true emotions of the event, I think it shows how good she is at songwriting because. She just packs it full of zingers oh, yeah. and like, you know, fist pumping moments. And I just, I think it shows kind of exactly what the problem was. This whole like, you're an expert at sorry. You keep the lines blurry. You're never impressed by me. And you have this history of just women you've left because mm-hmm. they bored you. They didn't challenge you. Like whatever it is. expectations. Yeah. 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 And it's like that toxic sort of insecurity, I think, that you can feel in a relationship like that or a flirtation like that mm-hmm. where you're like, what does he want from me? Like, why aren't I getting the attention I think I warrant? Like, you know, like it's like, why isn't he paying more attention to me when I'm doing everything he says he wants or whatever it is? And I think yep. it's just like you do end up in those places where you do feel tired, you feel lifeless, you feel dry, you feel burnt out. And she just kind of places that burden on him and be like, see what you're doing to people? It's just like an interesting twist for me that she... Do Do we know if John, cause like Katy Perry and John Mayer have dated in the past... Do we know, mm. you know, when she, um, you're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you're no, you're in, <laughs> yeah. you're out, you're up and you're down. Was she dating him around that time? <laughs> I don't that would know. Because like just what you're saying, like how uh, even how Jessica Simpson's described him, this song has described mm-hmm. him. Even if she wasn't dating him, it's kind of like she was foreshadowing probably what kind of relationship <laughs> yeah. she was going to get into. She's like, wow, like, <laughs> this oh song gosh, fits like, very well. <laughs> Like, this fits so well with Katy Perry and John Mayer because it's John Mayer. Huh. Yes. Yeah. I would would not be surprised because I think that's the vibe he was giving. And, like, bless him if he's grown out of it. Congrats to him. But you can't argue with the amount of data that has been pulled Mm. about his, his lifestyle at this time and the women he has left burned. And now that she's turning it and she's like, 
But you know what? I took your matches. I took the power out of your hands and I walked away. And now I'm freaking glowing right now because you crashed and burned. You had your weird Playboy moment. But you know what? I'm better for all the BS you just put me through. And like, I'm going to shine now. (laughs) It's just like, I think it's such a, you know, this is an iconic line. The whole I'm shining like fireworks over your sad Uh empty town. And I think some people can easily paint it as like petty as like, oh my gosh, like why do you have to like kick him when he's down type thing? Oh my gosh, but I think what's Yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. But I think it's like the toughest thing about feeling insecure in a relationship or an experience or wanting something that you're not quite getting is finding that like courage to finally walk away. It's Mm -hmm. like finding that moment where you're like, you know what, I don't need this. And like having that self-worth to leave when you've put so much time and energy into hoping or wanting something to work takes Mm -hmm. so much like power and courage. And I think that's what's so empowering about this bridge is just that she has this triumphant moment where she's like, I'm not moan. I'm not bemoaning this. I'm not in a corner being moody. I'm going to have, I'm going to take this sad song and give it this finale. No one saw coming because you're not going to keep me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and so then she plays it out with um, another chorus. Dear John, I see it all now that you're gone. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress cried the whole way home. I see it all now that you're gone. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress wrote you a song. You uh-huh. should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, it's just like, you see the pendulum swing in this song from like the guilt, the sadness that I should have known. Like I saw the red flags, like maybe I did this wrong. And then she's like, wait, like you should have known, you know? Mm-hmm. Why? Are, she's kind of like, why are you shocked that I'm writing a song about you? <laughs> that too. Yeah. Come on. She's like, hello, Ooh. this is my MO. And I've warned people, if you're a dick to me, you'll probably end up in a song. So congrats. Yeah. You nailed it. but um she ends again you should have known don't you think I was too young you should have known and I think that's just like that's the energy of this song it's like you know what I'm not gonna carry the burden of this relationship or this flirtation or this heartbreak like Mm -hmm. you did this you get to you get to own this song now (laughs) hey good content coming out of it (laughs) if anything she took something ugly and made it just beautiful so and she got away before she could get to her yeah yes and i think it's like it's important that this song has meant a lot to different swifties um where they see the parallels to toxic relationships they've had to escape And it's annoying that this song then can be whittled down to something described as petty because it's not petty for a woman to call out a man for treating her badly. It's not airing dirty laundry. It's not something you have to keep to yourself or keep quiet because it's embarrassing or sad or or unfair to the man. And there's a sick urge to protect people's feelings even when they're the problem. And so I just think, yes, this is scathing. Yes, it's brittle and impassioned and powerful and passionate. But it isn't petty because that implies a triviality that just isn't present here. And it's Mm -hmm. a veiled way to say a woman is overreacting. And Taylor might be reacting. She might be putting in some 
zingers in there or whatever. But at the heart of it, this is a song about a woman finding her voice and carving a space for her to feel a series of emotions and still come out saying, I deserved better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's just loving herself. And she's I'm, I'm just like, I think it's such a good example of how you can still come back from something that's potentially yes. damaging. Yes. And if you want to really, I'm shocked that people call the song petty because if you really want to talk petty, track 10 on Speak Now <laughs> is probably the petty track. Yes. Better than revenge. Yes. Like, and Taylor grew from that too. <laughs> exactly. She definitely has grown from that. She's ashamed of that song. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she's going to be, if she'll re-record the vocals on Better Than Revenge. I don't know. Because the other thing about Dear John is supposedly in Rep Room, she told a fan that she didn't like to play this one still because it was a little too personal and too raw. And so people are wondering if she would include this on a new album or whatnot, which I think, you know, if we were able to turn all too well into a positive experience that Swifties can turn this one into a positive experience too, because it's just such a powerful universal message of like, yeah, just that final turn where it's like, mm-hmm. I felt bad, but I'm not going to feel damaged anymore. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed we get an updated version. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, hopefully if it's not too raw. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 10 years later. Hopefully, you know, she has Joe. She can just record it and move on. Yes. And she's mm-hmm. all grown up now. So hopefully. Yeah, um, but speaking of being grown up, I don't know if you are aware of this week's tea time. Um, is, is it tea time or is it happy hour? That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. There is this, I don't know, it seems like a small body of Swifties who are concerned by the amount of really times Taylor is seen drinking or talking about drinking. And so the NMEs, when she had that moment where she took her wine glass up to the, you know, accept the award and took a mm-hmm. swig of it or whatever, there were a lot of like Tumblr Swifties who were concerned and were like, I wish she didn't glorify drinking so much. Oh my God. <laughs> well, she was saying, like, isn't the NME like one of like the the craziest it's award shows? Yeah. Kind of like pretty rowdy. Like, I don't. Maybe it's just you know everyone's having a good time. So hey, I'm gonna go up there. This is kind of the the vibe that the award show's given. I thought yeah. it was funny that she went up there with her drink. Yes, and I don't yeah. think. I mean, first of all, it's weird to comment on someone's drinking habits when they don't affect you in any way, you know? You know, she's it's not going like, on stage and she's not stopping people <laughs> from not. getting awards. She, you know, she's like, oh, right. hold on. She's not drunk like Kanye <laughs> yeah. was. You know, and she's not like exactly. sloppy about it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't drink, but I've never felt like, oh my gosh, Taylor's glorifying drinking. It's like, yeah. she is a grown adult who waited until she was 28 to even sing about alcohol. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I think people are just surprised going from, you know, I guess 1989 where she doesn't really sing about it at all, I don't think, to having a couple of songs on rep where she mentions wine or being drunk or whatever it is. But it's like, first of all, when she's writing songs... It doesn't mean every day of her life she's drunk in the bathtub, you know? And if she <laughs> and is, also, it's let her business. be. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
whoever is commenting on her Tumblr is not going to make her rethink her drinking habits because I think she knows better than any of us how she's doing on her alcohol consumption. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So hopefully people will just let that one go. Yeah. And uh, it might just be a lot of like younger Swifties being like, oh, alcohol you know because it's kind of ingrained in their head don't drink alcohol yeah so maybe that's where they're at there they haven't they haven't experienced their wine in the bathtub moment yeah they're 21 and older moments yeah or if you're a different country 18 might be the age i don't know (laughs) yeah either way i think taylor's okay and you know what there's no need to be commenting on her her personal choices because she is a strong independent woman and that is what dear john taught us Sip that wine, girl. Yeah. Sip that tea. <laughs> You've earned it. <laughs> you have. Definitely. Um, but this has been a very fun episode. I kind of like that we were able to take it back, talking about mm-hmm. her past relationships, past experiences. We should do it a little bit more. I think that would be yeah. fun. Maybe every now and then spice it up. I would be down for yes. that. Um, but you know, people, they can always find us on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, um, but um, do your little spiel, Shelby. You're so good at it. <laughs> tell, tell people where they can find us. Yeah, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr at Swiftish Podcast, and on Twitter we're at Swiftish Pod thirteen. You can also send us your email, give us your thoughts at SwiftishPodcast at gmail dot com, or feel free to leave us the review on iTunes. We are at Swiftish Podcast. Scroll all the way down, leave us five stars, and let us know what you think. That's lovely. I love your little spill. (laughs) I always mess it up. But (laughs) until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And dear Taylor, I'm so glad you took those matches and now you're just glad. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Queen Slay. (laughs) I didn't know what to say about that. (laughs)